<laughs> and my sister account, mozzarella underscore ricotta. <laughs> it's ricotta. You got to say it right. Ricotta. Ricotta. <laughs> All right. We doing this? Let's do it, man. All right. Let me get this facing me because I the fuck with it. Right. What up, Wolves? It is Don Chen's. Dan is MIA. He had a little conflict with work. So it's just me. I'm flying dolo like the lone wolf I am. And my guest today is Usama Siddiqui. We, we, we did a quick check to make sure I didn't fuck his name up. So we're doing well. People he fuck did. my name up too, though. So we share that in common. There should be like a fucking Olympic event where white dudes just try to do brown names. You know, <laughs> It's like Osama Sekaipu. And there's like eight. <laughs> Nine, you know what I'm saying? Those little like papers with the numbers on them. <laughs> how's, it, how's it going? I'm hanging, man. I'm hanging, chilling. Uh, I, I walked into your apartment and it was locked. I kept pressing the number. No, no one opened it. And I'm like, is, is this the podcast? I'm, it's just like <laughs> at, at, the, at the awning, the podcast. And then you come in and you're like sweating buckets. I'm sweating my you're ass sweating off right buckets. now. Because Don Chen's only wears uh, clothes that are too small. Only so wears clothes that are too small and don't, and don't breathe. Wait, speaking of that, though, like button-down <laughs> shirts. Can they make button-down shirts that breathe, though? They don't. They, they don't. don't. They don't. I don't know why. I think the, the, the fabric should be, like, tough, I guess, for the, 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 sometimes the prints they put on it. If it's too loose. It's not, it's not ideal for a hairy Italian like myself. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I you actually, as far as Italians go, you're, not even, you're kind of a naked mole rat, bro. Yeah. Of, no, that's bro, crazy. That, I've seen it hair, hairier. Yeah, like, that's just the arms, though. You don't want to see the rest. Oh, uh, really? No. <laughs> that's, that's the only place I don't got it, I think. I barfed a little in my mouth. Because <laughs> Italians are like, like white Persians. You know, You guys have the same kind of level of hair. Yeah, I had a Persian friend, bro. He would take a shirt off, and then it wouldn't look like he took a shirt off. <laughs> like he would have a shirt underneath the shirt. It was just his fucking hair. That's how I would get. I don't mind having chest hair. I just get too much of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like I'm good with a little bit. That's fine. But then it's just it's a sweater. And when then you, what do I do? When you're gonna go on a date, like yeah, and you think you're gonna fuck on this date, like oh this this might actually result in some fucking. Do you shave? Do you scape it up? So I take it a step further. <laughs> I, I I shave, but I do so. Days in advance, so it grows back to a good Just length. Enough, right. So, like, I kind right. of like think ahead of time. So, what if there's a girl that you don't really fuck with, or like you're not really into? You're like, I'm just gonna fucking let this. I might still do that just yeah. probably because my ego's too big that I gotta right, make right. sure she's still like oh like he looks kind of good with the shirt off so <laughs> and you know I'm saying I'm the fitness guy so I gotta like do my best to look good, right, as good as right, I can right, right otherwise right, right. I'm, a, I'm a fraud so yeah I mean, you got a good body bro yeah you got an Italian body yeah you, you got that fuck yeah, yeah you got I got the, the stumpy legs stumpy legs yeah. short yeah. you know greasy a little bit always <laughs> oh, dude oh wait, the forehead man it's the worst <laughs> the forehead's brutal I didn't know about Italian being greasy until Godfather two. Uh, when that fucking uh, crooked senator was like, Italians, I don't like you people. You're all greasy. I'm like, what do you mean greasy? And then no. I kind of, oh, yeah. they're just sort of like, we all sweat a lot. Yeah. You know? Like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I, feel like I, I like Italians in terms of white people because you guys like also got beat, you know what I'm saying, by your parents. Yeah. So like there's like Italians kind of have this minority life yeah. where it's like a rougher existence. Italians and Irish people, in my opinion. I was going to say, uh, so I didn't really do an intro. Usama is a comedian oh, so, yeah. in New York City, yeah. and he also he is one half of the podcast Mango Bay. Mango Bay. So the one episode I happened to listen to, and I'm going to start listening to everyone now because it was good, but I, you were talking a little shit about Italians <laughs> and their moms. Why can't I love my mom, bro? I, lo I love my mom. Well, what's, what's good with my that, mom? That is right. For context, yeah, it's literally we do a whole bit where – it's like a guy named Vinny who loves his mom so much he wants to fuck yeah, her. Yeah, le legit called me out by name. <laughs> hey, Vinny, 
<laughs> calling you out from the wolf pack. Uh, it's just it, well, that podcast. First of all, is just us going crazy. Like if we find one little funny little tidbit, we're like going in all the way. And it happened. We hyperbolize whatever riff we find. So that was just oh, Italians love their moms. What's the craziest thing we could do about that? They want to fuck their moms. <laughs> that's the, that's if you dial it up to a thousand. What, what I was thinking though, yeah. it's a good thing you didn't come after my nonna because my no, <laughs> my nonna would have thrown hands with you. You're it right. been also, on. I think Italians love their grandmas more than love their moms. Is that true? I think it uh, is that a thing or is that I wouldn't I don't know if my nonna even fucks with me that hard to be honest. <laughs> I think it's more of just like uh you're not my it, mom? the food thing you were yeah. saying was true. You were talking about it's like the food they're always giving you food. Yeah. That's a fact. Right, right. But I think also part of why Italians like sons have such a connection to their mothers and like the grandmothers, yeah. I think it's because and I don't know if I don't know if you could tell me if you think this is right or not, but I think like Italians kind of buy into the old school gender roles. Oh, yeah. Like Italian women right. like like they like want to take care of the guys. Like yeah. it's like a prideful thing. That so I sense. think they're like super about it. And right. that's why there's like that connection. Oh, that makes total you sense. You know what I mean? Traditional gender roles means man is the winner and the mom is the is the the the, the giver. Like they take pride the in giving to the family. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's actually very true. Oh my god. I think. I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah. Should have had me on. I could have gave I could have <laughs> yeah. schooled you guys on, on like Guido podcast. You come in and destroy us and beat us up. <laughs> oh my god. That's for mom. I love her. It's so funny. Do you have guys that sound like that in your family? Hey, Vinny, come here. Surprisingly, come here. surprisingly, no, and it's honestly a little disappointing. Yeah, if you want me to want. be honest? I want, like, I yeah. used to ask my grandfather, rest in peace, also named Vincenzo, yeah. legend. He, I used to always ask him if he knew we had any connection to the mob. Yeah. Yo, he'd get so mad at me. Like, he was so insulted. Like, yeah. no, we don't. But like, that was right. a, that's a dishonorable, blah, blah, blah. I was like, come <laughs> on, that's so lame. Like, can't, like, Not my, even one my, my third, uncle, my third cousin, right, you know, my uncle. Right. Yeah, like, right. some uncle I don't know about. Right, Something. Right. I gotta, well, that's what happened. They, that guy joined the mob and then your grandpa might have killed him. Maybe. You know like, no it's, mob. It's, it's possible. I don't know, but yeah. Dude, that, that, I mean, when you're a kid watching fucking Goodfellas, you know, it's, it looks insane, you know. It looks awesome. It looks, yeah. It looks like, if, especially if you're Italian, I would assume that it, right. it's like when I watch Slumdog Millionaire. It's like when you watch fucking Goodfellas. It's like yeah. the, it's like the movie. Right. It's like the movie. And, I'm, and and is that your top top gangster film? I would. Goodfellas is my top gangster it's be, film. It's gotta yes. be. It's gotta be. It's the best it's gotta one. Be. It's the best one. Yeah. So when you watch that for the first time, you're like, holy shit! It's a whole code and a whole life. Right. I'm about it. I'm just like, it's just so awesome to have people that are for you, that are there for you. And you say, I die for you, but literally, literally they, they do. die for you. As long as you're not the one getting whacked, though, that's which happens. a problem, which, which, which is happens. very likely to happen at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fun and games till you're yeah, the guy. Till yeah. you are the guy getting yeah. whacked. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I finally stopped sweating, so that was good. All right. Now, now we're rolling. You're a sort of basal sweat level. Yeah. It's kind of just like an equilibrium. I'm feeling it. I'm it's feeling like a sweaty good. equilibrium. Um, all right. So. Should I ask the really stupid, um, how'd you get into comedy uh, thing, or should I whoa, ask something whoa, better than that? Well, Vinny, <laughs> um, it all started now yet. Well, all right, here, here's, I'll try to ask it in a better way. What, like, obviously everyone who gets into comedy is like, hey, I'm funny enough to do that. Yeah. But like, I would say, oh, I'm funny, but I'm not funny enough to do stand up. That's right, how right, I feel right. about myself. What so, made yeah. you think you were funny enough to pursue stand up? Um, bro, you, you're a better person because you don't have that self delusion. <laughs> that's what you need. But you, you, you do need that. You exactly. be, that's what I'm saying. You actually need to be a bad person to do comedy. Yeah. I think anyone who's really good at comedy is intrinsically kind of um, not just delusional, but kind of like 
damaged in a way. It's, it's, it's a needy profession. It is a very egotistical thing to be like, oh, there should be a, a time during the day where everyone looks at me in a room. Yeah, just talking oh, about myself with a spotlight on me. Yeah, yeah. me and my dick. Look <laughs> my, my cock. That's a crazy thing. That's a wild it's thing. It's true. The light's right on it. You're, you're, you're a better dude for not needing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you have your own passions. You want to create things. Everyone has that need, that want for fame, especially in America. But if you're a comic, you think that you everyone should listen to you for an extended period of time, which is kind of insane. And that's how you feel? Yeah? I mean, even if people don't say that, people they're lying. Say, they're lying. Yeah. As a comic, there's an ego there that you can't get out of. Hopefully, you can temper that ego with some, with some love, with some want for connection, with some like, let me just do this so I can this for myself but it's residue maybe i can connect with people and give them something out of the day as well but if, if, any, if any comics doing that fucking like oh it's my journey it's my it's my it's my duty as a as a as a laugh inducer <laughs> it's it's all bullshit Vinny. it's like fucking they're, they're doing it for themselves but that's everybody man we're all trying to fucking make a little slice so stop stop lying to yourself but and that, that's the, that's the when you stop lying to yourself that's the beginning of actually being a good person in comedy but the fact that you don't do it is a good thing. All right. Yeah, I, tr- I take your word for it. You yeah, know yeah. better than I do, so. I mean, again, I've been doing this for too long, man. I've been doing this for like, what, fucking eight years? Eight Comedy, years? Yeah. How, how did it start off? Was it smooth sailing all the way and you're just beca- on your way to becoming a star? No, no, no. <laughs> Day one, Chappelle was like, can I take some notes? <laughs> no, 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 bro. I, I, was, I, was, I was disgusting. I was so bad. My first joke on stage was like, uh, uh, I, w- I want to be a huge comedian. I want to be huger than Shaquille O'Neal's dick. And then I bombed, bro. And not only did I bomb, I went home and I got on the Facebook group for the fucking page <laughs> and every comic told me to quit comedy. They all messaged me like, hey man, you fucking sucked. Yeah, that's your first but, time. I know, but the idea of all the veteran comics of a, of a city being like, stop doing this. And this was in, you're originally from Texas. Dallas, this was in, yeah, in, da- in Dallas? Dallas, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's insane. That's how bad I was. I mean, you heard the joke. It's disgusting. It's terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible joke. But that's all I thought. I, I only thought in, in that kind of shit. I mean, you, you're not you're not good when you first start. So right. So when I first started, it was like people just like genuine outward hate. Like, what are you doing? What is this? Uh, all that's left is your own view of yourself. Is your own delusion. So that delusion, which is kind of like a negative thing, is kind of what keeps you going in the beginning because you have that delusion of like, I'm funny. I'm funny. I'm funny. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. When really you can't. But eventually, your delusion kind of catches up with your actual skill, and kind of. If you stick with it, your delusion becomes your reality. Right. I think sticking with it's a thing. I think most it's, it. that a lot of it. Some people might have the talent, but they don't have the like mental toughness. I guess to yeah, yeah. stick it out. The like cojones. It, yeah. Especially stand up. It's kind of like you're all by yourself. So it's not like you're on a team and someone fucks up and it's like yeah. kind of hide behind the team. It's like bro, if it doesn't go well. It's on you. It's it's on you. It's a powerful thing. It, it, it attracts a certain type of person. That energy. That kind of like you know failure. Like in, like if you if you imagine if you're an accountant, right, and like you have to do a report to your boss five times a night or five times a day, so you're on the chopping block as a as a as your job, you're getting feedback on your job, how you're doing, five times a day. That's already insane, right? Imagine comedy, which is you're getting feedback every twenty seconds. So you're you're getting feedback every twenty seconds on how you're doing, which is the laugh. No laugh means you're doing bad. So that level of feedback is intoxicating and can be intense and can is not for the fucking faint of heart, I think. Because that level of scrutiny on your job, it's kind of insane. Yeah, but it's right? imme- but it's immediate though. Like so there's that that's the best thing about it. 
Right. Is that it is immediate. Right. Because nothing's worse than, you know, you're like, oh, I think I did well. I'm not sure. And you might not find out ever. You might not find out for a yeah, while. Like, yeah. you bomb, you know no, you bomb. <laughs> and people look at you like yeah. you bomb. Like, everyone, we all know what happened. We all know. that That is a great thing. If, have you ever been like really bombing and been able to recover? Or is it usually like once once you bomb, you're like, you know, just chalk it up as an L and keep it going? I never bomb, bro. Yeah? Yeah. Some straight kills. Damn. So see, you are on your way to being a star. I told yeah. you. No, dude, I bomb all the time. Uh, if, you, if you're doing new shit, you're going to bomb. You know, if you're doing new jokes, stuff you have written out just, just the day before, trying it out. The beats aren't there yet. Dude, if you, if you don't have that ability to be like, just chalk it up to an L. Here's the thing. When I, when I got five years ago, I, was, I got into med school in, in a, a Texas A&M, and I was gonna go. And the week before I left, I just came to New York, right? And once I came to New York, I was like, everything else after this is just bonus. So no matter what happens, I can bomb every set after this. But I made it to, to New York, so now my life is at bonus level because I I did the thing that no one could do almost is pack up and go follow something. Right, that's Dal- a big commitment, yeah. Yeah, Dallas is all the small scenes, comedy scenes in America. They all got this fucking one grizzled ass vet. He's like this lone ass bitch, and he's been he's like been doing comedy for twenty five years. Hates everybody. Didn't move to New York or L A. in the right time, and all he does is give advice while fucking drunk at five p.m. So yeah, I I did I did a I did premium blend. It's like a credit nobody's seen in years, you know. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? So. That would that idea that I made it to New York was like all right I fucking did it I thought now it's bonus so when I bomb it doesn't matter so what do you when you're trying a new joke like what are the adjustments you're making yeah. is it more of like is it the actual joke itself or is it more of just kind of like your timing and the cadence of the joke how you interact with the crowd everything, like everything everything comedy is like voodoo right comedy is like voodoo it's 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 freakish uh, it's almost like you know uh, you know like when you're uh, like in the back of the day, like, like fucking tribal days, fucking BC as fuck, right? I remember those days. But good times. Yeah. I know, I know. So there was a chieftain, right, of the of the civilization, and the chieftain always had to prove himself that why he was the one. And if he wasn't the one, what would happen? That he'd get killed. He'd get murdered. He'd get thrown off the cliff for a new chieftain, right? That's the most primitive times. Well, that that's still a play in comedy. There's people in a room. It's like the campfire, right? Why am I listening to that guy? Why is he the chief of this room right now? Now, if he doesn't deserve it, everyone's going to, together, throw him off the cliff. That's called bombing, right? So it's one of those things where it's like when you're, when you're in the comedy kind of doing it, you have to constantly prove that you are worth being listened to. And if you can't do that, then you're fucking going to die. And that's, why it, 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 that's what comedy, that the crux really is. And so you... Um, I saw well a few things, and this, these are things Dan told me, so I wouldn't know this. Dan didn't tell me. Sh- shouts, Dan. Um, See you later, Dan. Uh, he's <laughs> stuck at Penn Station, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, so last year you got the Just for Laughs. Um, yeah. yeah. Like there's like new faces, right? Oh, of yeah. the year. Yeah. So what was that like? Because because the way Dan described it to me, he said it's kind of like uh, it's almost like getting drafted was kind of the way he explained it's it. Dra- it's like a Super Bowl comedy, right? You know, it's the main one. It's like once you get there, you're on the map. Yeah, people kind of know you. You're like you're like ordained to be something. It's kind of fake. Obviously, there've been a lot of draft picks that have been clunkers, right? So, right. in that sense, it's a draft as well. That like, yeah, it's exactly how drafts are. Fucking yeah. first round draft. What happened to him? Huh? Right. Nothing. Yeah. Um. So it's one of those things where it's like it gets you in the game. Right. It, it, it's it's. I can't. I'm trying to think of a fitness version of it. 
There's probably you. not. There's probably not. Just like taking more steroids and getting on a better show it's or something like, like that. Steroids. It's like taking steroids. <laughs> taking steroids for the first time. <laughs> so, like here, here's my issue. Typically, is like if I got something like that, right? I would probably my ego would get too big, and I would have to really fight. Like keeping my foot on the gas, right, right. Because I feel like that's what people like. You get kind of content a little bit, a little complacent. You, so, you a self-aware dude, man. Too self-aware. So self-aware to a yeah, fault that well, sucks. Probably stops you from doing anything. Yeah, it blows. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't stop me from doing a podcast. That's yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. that's gonna suck. Oh, yeah. that's gonna suck. Yeah. I can't fuck you. You're just yeah. gonna suck later. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm gonna suck. Who knows? I'm gonna suck. Yeah. That's interesting, man. That's very interesting. Um, so, like, how do you kind of like fight that? Kind of well, here's concern. about comedy, bro. There's a bomb always on the corner. So if you come on stage and you have that haughty energy, like the fucking shit, the crowd will understand that and they'll they'll abort you. So the 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 the, the crowd is the temperature monitor. If you have that fucking hubris, they're gonna bomb. So there's always a natural balance in comedy that other professions don't have. Is that like when you if you're feeling kind of shitty, underdog. People love an underdog. That's a crowd. You'll probably kill. And as you get higher and higher, oh, I'm the shit, I'm the shit, I'm the shit. You come out with that energy, what's up? They're like, no, fuck you, you're bomb. So if you had something like that, a natural built-in mechanism, you'd be fine. Comedy has that. Comedy has that. And then, so another thing is I also, you got recently got passed at the Comedy Cellar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how was that? Because that's another. That's the other Super Bowl. That's, that's the other yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, that's the Rose Bowl and the, and the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, man, that, that, that's, that was the dream. That's that's definitely like when you were a kid, when I was a kid, uh, that was the dream. Would sit on the stoop, kind of look at the fucking marquee and be like, yo, one day, that kind of, you know, fucking sappy ass film shit. When I got in, it was amazing. One of the best rooms in town, one of the best rooms in the world, easily. Uh, but it's just a room. It's just a room. So you don't get new fans. You get fans, but you still got to create a sustainable way of living off this comedy shit. And Seller is not that way it's just a club it's the most amazing club in the world but it's just a club and so i think we give a lot of currency to to certain things that maybe aren't the thing you know in comedy it's like a lot oh the seller you must be the best comic ever no i don't have any fans yet i still i have no way to get make my sustainable income off this so yeah i have the thing that you value but for my life i'm not, i'm still moving i'm still working right you know what i'm saying yeah so seller if you say it's out to anybody they'll be like oh my god holy shit but from the other side, it's like, yeah, it gives you a lot of recognition. You're famous in the scene now. You're kind of a, you're a rock star in the scene now. Everyone knows your name. But it's not, it's not the thing. It's not the continuation. Right. So then what is the thing? You were saying that was the dream initially. You're there. It's so, great. So then- it's, it's part of the dream. It's all, it's all building blocks. Right. right. The dream is to create new material quickly, to be able to create good, funny stuff quickly, and have an ardent group of fans in any major city or all across America or the world, you know, trying to grow that fan base, trying to uh, make specials, trying to make content for a, a growing fan base, and hopefully, as ideally, that grows as I get older. That that's the idea. I right. want to be able to have my own fans, right, and be able to like go to Boise, Idaho, and fill out a room. That's really the, that's the dream. Go to Boise, Idaho, and fill out a room. Once you hit Boise, Idaho, you know you made it. Once you hit Boise, <laughs> Boise is the worst city in the world. Is right? it? Ah, there's got to be worse. Top five worst cities. Go. Boise. Detroit. Boise. Detroit. Detroit, for, no, Detroit, Flint. Detroit four times. Flint. Flint. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else. Uh, all Michigan. See also Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'll come back to that. I'll, yeah. I'll have a good one that comes to me soon.
So you get you get at the cellar. Yeah. You're doing the thing. Here's what my dumb brain doesn't understand about comedy, right? So you're right. talking about putting out new material, getting new fans, right. and all that. How do you like if I like the way I look at it is how do you go about like I feel like to get new fans, you have to put your material out there. Right. But once you put your material out there, I would feel the pressure of, oh, well, I gotta start over. So how do you right. how do you not be, get concerned about like, oh, I put this out there, now people have seen it, now I gotta start right. over. When have I perfected the right. set? All those things. So these are great questions, man. It's not a dumb brain at all. You have actually nice. a very high let's, function of brain. Let's go brain. Dude, that's that's really good brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good brain. Good, good, good boy. <laughs> good brain, good boy. Um, dude, it's it's uh, you'll see on my Instagram. It's not just stand up; it's a lot of podcast stuff. So the right. podcast stuff is me being funny. That product, what's the product? Funny, right? Right. I'm giving you that's my service. I'm giving you a funny thing. You're gleaning humor from that, laughs, whatever, right? So laugh is the currency, right? If I'm giving you laughs, you'll be more into me. Does it have to be stand up? No. It could be a random video, walk on the street video. Could be a podcast. Could be a character. Right, the stand-up maybe is when I get you to come out to the live show. So if I create the little tidbits that aren't stand-up, get you thinking, oh, this guy's funny. I want to see him live, see what he does. Then I get you, and then I hit you with the fucking real, the real fire. Because stand-up is the crux of comedy. That's the highest grade of laughs per minute. So if I give you, it's like, it's like, um, it's like seeing a juggler juggle balls on Instagram. Go into a show and then now he's doing chainsaws. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm so out. glad I fucking came to the chainsaw one because this is way better than the one he was doing with the balls. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the chainsaw would freak. Yeah, sorry. Sorry for triggering you. Yeah, you got me really. Not, I'm frozen <laughs> you in fear. Like, you're like, we, go, go, we go, might go, have to go, stop go, go, this go. podcast. <laughs> I'm freaking out. All right. So then like, I've watched, I've seen you live yeah. a few times. I've seen you, I've watched some of your stuff online. Don, um, Don Chance, I, I see you kind of interacting, bro. I've, I've, I've seen you. Yeah. Show. All right. Yeah. Good. Thank you. <laughs> I, I try to interact as hard as I can. <laughs> I'm an interactor. I'm a very Spoken good interactor. Guy who never I, interact, I interact better than anyone I know. <laughs> so I, like from watching your set, a lot of your stuff, a lot of your material focuses a lot on like uh, being Muslim, yeah, um, yeah. being uh, if you're from Bangladesh, correct? Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. So, do you? Here, here's like when when you're in a room, and I remember the first time I saw you was actually at one of Dan's shows. Oh, Lorelai Beal Garden, right. right? Right. So when you were there, it was like a mostly white crowd. Yeah, yeah. Do you approach those jokes differently depending on the crowd? Well, here's the thing. It's like it's actually it's interesting you say that because the brown jokes that I do, right? They uh. They have to be universal because you are not dumb. You know some brown shit. You don't even know you know. Right. You know what the word Muslim is, what Islam is. You know what the Quran is. You know, uh, and you know what these things stand for too. So you know what a Muslim is. It's like a you know. So I have to work with your knowledge base to do the joke and make it work. Because if I'm doing some stuff you don't know, if I go deep into my culture and like, yeah, you know how moms always wear Jordans to the dinner table. It's like what? What? But you know that Muslims maybe pray five times a day or maybe they can't eat pork, right? So there's a couple of knowledge points that you do know about us. I have to work. It's like a Venn diagram. I have to work with what I know and I have to merge and inter intersect with what you know. That intersection is where the comedy can be and the best comedy is because I'm specific to myself in my life, but I'm also coming to you and doing the jokes in a way that you understand. I, have, I write it like that so I don't have to change it. I don't write the jokes so I think, oh, how will a brown person laugh at this brown joke? I think, how will everybody laugh at this joke? Be it Muslim, be it about fucking toys, whatever it is. So that's, what, what, so if you're laughing at the Muslim joke, you're like, oh, what a brown joke, I, I can't believe I got that. 
it, I'm working with your knowledge base. Right. You know what I'm saying? So does that make it more difficult though? Because you're almost, you're essentially deciding to create a certain type of content where you have to focus on that. Whereas if you created like different types of jokes, you wouldn't have that kind of hurdle to even right. consider, right? Well, again, exactly. But here's the thing. The reward is it's real to you. So the real stuff is the stuff that differentiates you and sets you apart from other comics. Anyone can do a joke about Tinder. Right. You know? But when I do a joke about Islam, now all of a sudden, a, a vast swath of people can't do that. Now, if I can make that Islam joke work for everybody, now I'm talking. I'm playing with fire now. Right? So, and, all, and here's also the thing is like, that's what the difference, uh, the discrepancy between black comics and, and brown comics is that black culture is more ubiquitous in the American true, yes. landscape, right? So you can talk about being black specifically and more people understand it. Brown culture is not as, you know, ubiquitous. So you're, you're y'all, y'all know about brown people. They, they don't, as right. opposed to people know about black people more. The, you know, the talking in the theaters. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a black culture thing. But you know that, it's specific, but you know that because black people have been around and it's like more part of the lexicon than a brown person is. So there, there's, there's other challenges that we go through like that, where it's like, we just gotta make sure that we, we all understand each other. Because the bad, the bad brown comics are the ones who don't do that. And they fucking come off like, you know, either hack, so they go too broad and they don't go real enough. And it's like, curry, you know, that's fucking lame. Or they go so deep that you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. It's about getting that sweet spot. And was that something you started, like you came out the gate saying like, I'm going to you know do it about whatever's personal to me, like my upbringing, like Islam and all that stuff? Or was right. it something that you weren't necessarily as comfortable with at first, and then once you got more comfortable on stage, you kind of worked it in. Bro, it's just what's funny, man. What's yeah. funny? It's Islam, there's some funny stuff in there. I wrote some Islam stuff. There's there's jokes about rock bands I do. It's, it's like it's like what's funny? And the mind, the mind happens to always go to the place where you grew up. Right. That's what's strong That's in your brain. The you, natural you, thing to do. Like the connections in your brain are strongest when you're, they deal with childhood, right? Because that's when the stuff was getting made in the brain. So it's just what's funny, man. What's, what, what's funny? What's good? What's, what's going to make me laugh and everyone laugh? It's not even about – people don't realize comics don't care about the subject matter. They do. But all they're trying to do is be as funny as possible. Right. So be it about Islam, be it about your fucking tight shirt, dude. Whatever it is. I look know? good in this tight shirt, though. It's a good shirt, bro. Yeah, thanks, man. It's, it's, it's got- I sweat through it, but it still looks good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can hear it squeeze. Right got- <laughs> Yo, there's sometimes I show up to work so sweaty that I have to go into the stall and I hang my shirt up and, <laughs> and I just stand there shirtless for like 10 minutes. I got to do that probably twice a week. It's the worst. Oh, yeah. It's a problem. That bag, I put that bag over my shoulder, just Holy sweat shit. stain right across the boobs. It's, it's the horrible. It's rough. Woo! The struggle, man. Got a Rorschach test every day. <laughs> Under shirt. Under shirt. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, all right. What What is the best advice you've ever gotten from a seasoned comic? Um, uh, do as much comedy as humanly possible. So how often are you doing it? I used to do it probably uh, 28 mics a week, 28 spots a week when I was coming up in New York. Uh, once, I, once I got more in the scene, I started, projects started increasing, so I started writing started acting as well so now that has decreased to maybe 21 20 per week <laughs> didn't decrease only yeah, to 21 so you know i'm really a quick basically <laughs> yeah um that is the one thing that I, anything i get in my life from comedy i can attribute to working my ass off working harder than the guy next to me that's it and this is any profession man if you if you're working harder than the guy next to you constantly something's going to happen if you're not a dumb idiot and you're actually assessing what you're doing wrong at least half the time and you're combining that assessments with going for it a thousand miles an hour, 
Bro. There's literally nothing. You can't be stopped. You might not make it like famous. That's a whole like thing. But to be good at something, I mean, you're, there has to be. It, something has to give, you know? You'd hope. You, some people, <laughs> you're right. There are that, is that odd, random, divorced dad who's still wearing the Hawaiian shirt talking about how he wants to kill himself in front of his kids. It's like, dude, go home, bro. Well, what's, what's that like when you see somebody who you could tell, like, you know, or you could just tell they've been doing it forever and oh, it's just God. like, they don't have it. You, we just gotta cut the mic off and be like, yo, your son is waiting. Just go home. Here's, here's the thing. Here's why I think is their problem. Those people who kind of end up washed up. They, they, they don't come from the love of the thing. They came from the I want to acquire from this. I want to acquire things. I want to acquire spots. I want to acquire money. I want to acquire uh, fame, respect, what have you. When you come from there and you live your life with expectations like that, when they start getting dashed, that's when the jaded starts, right? Jade, a jaded person is just a man whose expectations have been not met, right? So how do you solve that? Change the expectation to base. Five fingers, five toes. I'm not a child soldier. I don't have ALS. All of a sudden... <laughs> These little baselines are way better, right? Then I want a HBO special, right? Right. So when you start from the gratitude, hey, I didn't shoot my uncle in Somalia. That's that's that's, that's a great start. That's pretty sick. Yeah, that's, that's a good. Start, that's a good right? place to be. Yeah. <laughs> right? Not right. shooting bullets into your fucking uncle. Yeah. So when you really assess, really assess it, not like in a jokey way, but really in your brain, like, whoa, I didn't do that today. All of a sudden, the gratitude starts pouring in. Like, okay, shit, I'm doing the thing I love. Okay, that's great. Oh shit, I'm I'm going to do it right today. Oh my right. god, it's gonna be a good show. Hold, all these things are pouring in. Next thing you know, jaded. What the fuck is jaded? You're living the best life you can humanly live. You're living a life that you should not have, that is, if you're, if you're doing that, literally just doing that, like doing one thing you love per day, you're living a better life than 99% of the population on earth already. So what, what, what are you fucking crying for? Right. I didn't get booked on the Monday bar show. Like, bitch, shut the fuck up, dude. Go kill your uncle then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Lower the bar a little bit. Go, yeah. Right? That's all I'm saying. But yeah, I think when you yeah, if your expectations are too high and like you feel like you're getting you're not getting what you think you should have yeah. or whatever, it makes you bitter. And I feel like once you start getting a little bitter like that, it's just it's like a spiral. Yeah, exactly. Well, and not even expectations are too high. It's not even that. It's also expectations. Right. Having expectations. Like literally life is so piece of shit to you most of the time that even having a expectation could be destructive. Right, and having even having an expectation it's almost makes it less of a thrill once you get it. Oh yeah, you know, oh, if yeah. you're already expecting it, and you got it, like, all right, well, this is what I this is what I expect. What's this is supposed to happen. Fuck, What's next? Yeah, exactly. Right, good shit. Right, you can't live life like that. Life, life is a is a sad slog for people who live for, for the next thing always. Yeah, this is it. This is it happening now. Sweating. You know what I'm sweating saying? in my and he hasn't done it live on the air yet but before we started he did come in first thing he said was you need some posters <laughs> in this apartment and I told him every at least comedian every single is, comedian has shit on me for that is that so. a segment of the podcast that should be a segment you have a minute Yo, to shit on my Vinny apartment go lives in a crack den <laughs> there's crack everywhere there's a woman in chains on the radiator right now. We should, we should we should just get like crayons and just start like drawing on the fucking wall like our own art. There is like a shit stain there. There's one shit stain on your There own is flag. a shit stain actually. Dan Dan will come back for the next podcast and we'll be like some <laughs> stick figure drawings all over the wall. It's like yeah, me and Usama decorated while you were gone. Vinny has like one photo, three photos of like a bridge. Yeah, my aunt gave me dog. that. It's fucking fire. If it wasn't for that, it, ooh. But honestly, even that with because it's paired with nothing, it looks like suicidal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll just go into the dock and just walk off into the sea. 
You need something else to like temper that I have, sadness. I have a painting in my bedroom, but I haven't put it out. It's a <laughs> sick the first painting. girl I killed. It's, it's Watson and the Shark. Look it up. Great painting. <laughs> Everyone who's listening, because I don't have a, I don't have a camera on me right now. Oh Watson the Shark. Sick painting. I mean, it's a dude place, bro. It's a dude. You're, you're a fucking dude. You know, yeah. it's, it's a dude. And you seem like a guy because you're a smart dude. So you don't know that I could be the biggest moron no, ever. No, you no. just met me like 20 minutes ago. I know. I know. I, know, I, know. <laughs> you I, think? I can tell. I can All tell. Right. You, your mind is at a, uh, operates at a high level. I think those kind of people, you're kind of like always in your head. I've, I, I just always in my head. You're always yeah. in your head. So you're not this, this outward shit. You're not a, concerned with this stuff. You're thinking, you're always thinking. I feel like it's you creating this podcast and just like interviewing people. You're always like in your brain in a, in a way that's probably even more so than normal people. I would assume that when you're hanging out with your friends, people are like, Vin. Vin. Yeah. Damn, right? should I lay down the couch and then I just start telling you all my problems? <laughs> yeah, bro. That's, that's not how I'm getting. Yeah. Comics, we, we get vibes. We just yeah, like, you get the in vibes. a room, to kill a room, you got to know the vibe of the room. So we start getting really good at like understanding what kind of people populate our world. What do you do if you walk into a room and you're like, fuck, this vibe is off? So then that, um, you have to bring the love in real, real heavy. Uh, in that kind of room, if you don't have the right vibe, like it's, it's like, uh, it, it's uh, awkward or doesn't have the love in it. People are gonna react against it even more so. You know, if you're weird on a hot room, you'll be fine. You know, they're they're, they're given love, so there's enough love to spare. But when there's no, a room with no love, you gotta bring that. You gotta say the mantras pretty quick. You gotta be like, listen, I'm here for the show. Hopefully, I can give them a good experience. You know, say these things in your head that put you in a healthy giving mindset, uh, and then just get in there. Do you think that leads to more like riffing? Like, do you ever try to like riff and rack with the crowd more usually riff, if yeah. the vibe's terrible? Well, yeah, because lo- giving love to the crowd, part of that is being present with them, right? Right. So being present with them also what involves presence is riffing. That means you're right there thinking in the present, going, going off the, st- the fucking life, and that people appreciate that because you're not being fake. People shut off when they see that someone's fake immediately in life, right? You're like, oh, that guy's fake. Just done. You're like done, kind of even caring about that guy's existence. Same with comedy. If they think you're fake as a, as a unit, it's a weird thing, the human mob. They'll sort of, everyone kind of agrees without saying, like, yeah, this guy sucks. We're not going to. Especially nowadays. I think authenticity is even more critical oh, yeah. than it used to be. Probably. How, many, how many rappers are terrible, but they're so authentic that people want to see them? That's true. It's not about how good you are sometimes. It's about, are you real? Can I be a voyeur in your fucking world? Mm-hmm. 21 Savage, man. It's not that good at rapping. It's beats of fire, but he talks about fucking the real ass shit. As yeah. a, tw- a white year old. A white year old. A white year old. Those goddamn white year olds. Those goddamn white year olds. <laughs> but you know exactly what I mean. I know. Like I said white year old. You're like I know who this is. Yes. It's That's actually fuck. probably a great way to describe it's it too. Like like teeny white kids who <laughs> like love hip hop. Yes. Yeah. White year olds. Yeah. White year olds. We just made a new term. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. That's awesome. So white year olds. They they all they the, the suburbs. You know Long Island, whatever. You know what have you? Any sort of city. They love that. It's like yo. Let me just see what this guy's. T- it's real shit. It's fucking real shit. To a kid who wants to rebel, that's very intoxicating. Yeah. It's fucking white girls, man. White girls, bro. (laughs) Don't get me started about those black girls, too, man. Oh, my God. Those black girls? Holy shit. I'm going to leave that for you to discuss. I'm (laughs) I'm going to step out of that conversation. Maybe just ran off. Maybe just go to the bathroom all of a sudden. All right. All right. The podcast, Mango Bay. Well, first of all, let's shout out your co-host. Pranav Bahari. My guy. One of my best friends in my life. Uh... Follow us at Your Mango Bay, and uh, it's, it's, it's the best thing of my, my life right now. Yeah? I love it. I love Mango Bay. So, all right. One, where did the name come from? Two, if I'm going to listen, what can I expect besides for you shitting on my mom? <laughs> 
Most episodes are just me shitting on your mom. That's really most. <laughs> Literally, of it. specifically, Vinny <laughs> talking to his mom. I love all Italian moms. Vinny's mom. How about you shut the fuck up? Huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I so, can't. Wait, I can't wait until she texts me. She's like, I, I hate this podcast. <laughs> it was so good until he started talking shit about me. <laughs> she doesn't talk like that, mom. Your, I love you. Your mom would listen to every every episode. Of course, uh, she gives me feedback. Uh, she'll let me, if you do a bad job, she'll let me know. What? She'll be like, Hey, Usama, I wasn't feeling him that time. <laughs> you should get better guests. She'll let me know. So yeah, so I'll, I'll report back I what my mom wait. says or her view of you. Give me two straight. <laughs> love you. Love you, Italian mom. <laughs> Um, because you, your Italian moms remind me of my mom, and I love my mom so much. So, uh, Mango Bay is a podcast with me and my friend Pranab Bahari. We talk about South Asian diasporic issues, uh, but really, it's about uh, immigrant life a lot. A lot of it just applies to mostly immigrants, and it's just us being rambunctious about these issues. Indians in general uh, are kind of a repressed culture. We can only talk about sex and sort of uh, in a in a way that is kind of fun or even real. It's all very sterilized. So me and Pranav were like, yo, fuck this. Let me, let's talk about the things we can't talk about as brown people in a way that brown people have never heard before. So I thought we're so, that, and, and that's us. That's me and Pranav being ourselves, riffing up a storm, being fucking brown as fuck, talking about brown shit, but in a fucking rambunctious, irreverent ass way. It's hilarious. I don't think anyone's ever seen this before. That's why people are kind of coming at us like, holy shit, this is kind of a new thing. It's not just for brown people. We try to want, want to make it as universal as possible, but the crux of our like, the reason for why we did this is f- to get brown people out of that fucking shell of being in at the behest of their traditions and not being able to be their real selves because, oh, that uncle's gonna see me and then fucking, you know, tell my mom and all that sort of brown mentality that we all have, that all, a lot of immigrants have, that like, we have one self for our family and one self for our friends. I'm saying, fuck that shit, be the same self for both people and they, it's on them if they don't accept you. That's, that's the Mango way. The Mango Bay name, me and Pranav were on shrooms, and uh, we were eating dried mangoes I had in my backpack. We were just heavy on shrooms, and I was just like on his lap, and I'm like, bro, I love you, dude. You're my fucking bae. And he eats a mango. He's like, you're my fucking mango bae. <laughs> and that's just it? That's it, bro? Dude, that's an awesome name. That's legit. that's legit. Maybe me and Dan should trip shrooms, and we'll get a new name for the podcast <laughs> after that. You're my, you're my wolf bae? You're my ricotta bae. <laughs> he said, hey, I also did correct him before we started. I had to say ricotta, and he said it right. They would have thought that. I just knew, dude. Yeah. Uh, you, had Damn. you had to hit me, bro. Damn, I'm sorry. You had to hit me, bro. It's all right. We'll ricotta. Tr- <laughs> Is that how I said? I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, I've never heard it said that way before in my life, so I don't know if that's right or wrong. Let's just call it cheese. Huh? Yeah. That might get you more points than my mom, though. Right. Ricotta. I didn't think you said it right. Ricotta. <laughs> Everyone, I'm skipping this part only. All right, I don't. Have- <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So how does like the podcast is fairly recent? Yeah, right. It's like four months old, five months old. Right. So how has that changed your approach to comedy at all? How is that just different than stand up? Like, what do you think you've been getting out of it that you weren't getting before doing it? It's just an hour long conversation, so it's a lot of riff. You're being present in the situation for like an hour. So that's a muscle you like. You flex. It's a great muscle to flex to be present, and it's just fun, dude. It's just like it's on stage. What we talked about before is like I don't get to talk about brown things that deeply a lot of times because you got to do jokes for everybody. You got to do jokes for the whole crowd. But with Mango Bay, my crowd is just Pranav, our producer, so I can go deeper into brown stuff, and he knows it too. So if you listen to a whole episode, we'll make fun of Italian moms, but then we'll go deeply into the Vedas, which is a Hindu text that is an ancient Hindu text that all Hindus know. Then we'll go into the annals of the Quran. Like, and then we'll go back to Italian moms. Like, it's just crazy. But we don't stop the deepness because it's just me and Pranav. 
So what I would where I would stop in a normal show, I go deeper with Mango Bay in terms of the fucking culture and the fucking references because right. now we're doing it for each other. Right. That's the kind of main difference. But besides everything, besides that, it's just it's the same amount of fun on stage with Pranav. It's the same kind of hilarity, like just fucking busting each other's balls and just like being as funny as possible. Right. I like you say about being present too, because that's like doing. I, I did the podcast alone for a little while, then yeah. I started doing it with Dan after like I was like a month in, yeah. and that was one of the first things I picked up doing it with him. Was I was like, damn, he's way like quicker. Like yeah. I like with some of like my friends, like if I'm having conversation with my friends, I feel like, oh, I'm like, yeah. you know, I got I'm them. It. But then once I was with him, I was like, oh shit, like oh, I'm, yeah, like, like yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm behind. You're so <laughs> it, I'm, def- I'm definitely like, it's teaching me to think more on my feet, but I definitely could see how doing stand-up helps with the podcast, but then also doing the podcast yeah. helps the stand-up. You'd be the, you'd be the best comedian in a Murray Hill bar. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be that good to do that. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> talks. That's pretty fucking. Yeah, hey, he's pretty good. This guy's pretty good, dude. Uh, I don't know. I, I always have a. I make fun of Murray Hill a lot, but I always like the. Like my best friends are Murray Hill finance douchey boys, and it's like they're, they're all good people. You know, it's but it's like so funny to see them hit on girls. It's like. When people say straight white male, they're thinking that guy. They, they are thinking the guy with the vest. With he has the, the vest, Patagonia the, vest. But he's a good guy, dude. He's actually more fun and loving than your wokest friend. It's just his mechanism of talking is not as prim or as woke proper. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't care about that shit. So yeah. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm a champion of the Murray bro. The, the problem is I'm like halfway there. One, I live in Murray Hill. Two, I got the slick, the slicked back do, so I already got like the finance douchebag look. look. Like I should hate you. Yeah, exactly. I like you. I think your vibe is really good. I'm trying so hard like to fight it. Like I try to fight. Like I like I want to. I want to get a chain, but I'm like I'll be too Guido then. Like I can't do that. Like there's so many things I'm trying to fight. Like my natural tendencies. Sometimes I'm an Indian too. I I want to fart in public, and I'm like I can't. You just can't. It's it's an urge, but I can't. Brown impulse. (laughs) Fucking let's be chill here. But we all are our impulse. We we grew up in that life, right? right. So, uh, and I think, bro, wear the chain, man. Fucking fuck should I get the else, chain? Bro. Wear the chain, man. Yeah. Maybe fuck, if you want to wear the chain, wear the fucking chain, dude. I promise you. And also, if a dude makes fun of you that day, you're gonna get laid tomorrow off it. Any, I, I have this theory that any clothing that a dude makes fun of is something that a girl wants. I, I to fuck you I, for. I kind of actually subscribe to that logic. Like, I'll I'll buy some clothes and I'll. I'll like kind of joke and be like, oh, like this is like my douchey outfit. Yeah. But I know I'm like, I look good in this. No, no, no. Like I know I look and, good and, in it. And a girl appreciates that. But yeah. if a dude was like, hey, look at this fucking gay bitch, it means you're gonna get laid off it. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's like one of those things where like I think girls like uh, guys like giving a shit about themselves right. a little bit. So I should just dress like a huge douche from now on. And get, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get the biggest chain I could find, and the ladies are gonna be. You're gonna solve all my lady problems. Yeah, yeah. no shirt, just two no chains. Shirt. No shirt, because I'll sweat through it anyway. And one chain that's so thick that just covers your genitals. That's it. <laughs> just two chains, and that's it. <laughs> I got right. you, bro. Damn, you're helping me a lot. I think this is, this is very beneficial for me. You should come on once a week. <laughs> Dan doesn't help me this much. Right, right. Dan's like, hey, I can't help your gay butt. Yeah, all right? I can't help you. Like. He's no help. All right. So what is, like, what are you looking forward to now? So you're, you got the comedy seller. We already said the Just for Laughs thing the previous year. Like, what to you is the next step? Like, I know you're saying acquiring fans is the ultimate goal, but acquiring fans is almost like... It's it's amorphous. It's, yeah, it's like a broader goal. It's not like a very, like, uh, quantitative goal. By the end of this year... I want to do a live Mango Bay tour. So me, Pranav, our producers, we go on a tour across America and do live shows and podcasts with um, just people coming out and stuff like that and do shows. That's that's one of the goals. Another goal is have an hour special ready to go. 
Not, not a <laughs> kind of funny, a fucking fire special that like even a Kazakhstani grandma could enjoy. You know, <laughs> like it, it just it goes through cultures. That kind of funny. Okay. Uh, also, um, uh, was one more thing. Get some TV roles. Doing a lot of auditioning. Get some. Get something on Comedy Central. Get something on VH1. Any sort of TV. Build that resume up. How's that? How's acting going? Acting's a little tougher. It's not my main. I mean, yeah. It's not natural to me. But um, I'm, I'm getting, I get a call back or two. You know, it's, 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 you, you take lessons for that, or you just I, I took lessons for the last two years. Yeah. So that's like a new thing that I've been doing. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's coming up. Yeah, it's coming. All right. Up. So uh, all right, we'll expect something soon. Actually, here's a here's a good question. Um, also, my last thing is impress your mom. That's the, that's that the, might be the ultimate goal. Once you impress my mom, you know you made it. Yeah. yeah. What's her name? Valerie? <laughs> Lisa. 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 Shout, shout out to Lisa. Shouts Lisa. Shouts to Lisa. She's probably going to be mad at me like, you talked about me way too much. <laughs> Lisa. Classic yeah. Lisa. He was talking shit about you, mom. I had to, I had to, I had to check him real quick. <laughs> mom. All right. So here's, I need advice. You give me a lot of advice, but I need one more piece of advice. Talking. What's up? So you and your, Pranav is your co-host yeah. name? Yeah. All right. So you guys, you said you're best friends and I could tell listening to yeah. you guys talk. I feel the connection between you. I my, feel it like my, through my, my through, oh, through my AirPods yes. because I'm rich and I have AirPods. <laughs> I, I just feel that connection. I feel yeah. it when I'm seeing on my phone. So how do me and Dan like vibe harder? Because <laughs> me and Dan are getting to know each other as we've been yeah. doing the podcast. Right, okay. So how, how do I make Dan vibe okay, with me harder? The only way is to become a minority. Is that That's the only it. way? You got to be black or brown. Shit. White people. Um, you know what? Here's the thing. White people, when you grew up with your best friends, that's the people you really fuck with. I think somewhere online, because there's a white people lack a community after college. Once brown people and minorities graduate college, they still have their race to go back upon. Like, oh, this is where I'm from. This is who I am. I genuinely think white people have a, a, a sort of like a flotsam. There's like they're kind of out at sea after college emotionally. I'm out. I'm doing. I'm, a, I'm kind of individual. The, the white family unit, I think, is very, after college, you off on your own. Minority family units are very much so like, uh, the grandma lives with us. The, the great-grandma lives with us. It's more of like everyone's together. So I think that racial structure can be important. For you, how can I help you and yes, Dan? I, I, I can't do anything on that, I know, on that you're point. You're like, yes, yes. Okay. I can't <laughs> I'm become, white. What am I going to do? Like you, you, start, you join the NAACP. <laughs> I'm here to learn. Um, hang out with him more, dude. Get drunk with him. I try to get him. I invite him over, and he just wants to come for the podcast. You record, and he runs. <laughs> he literally sprints out my door. He's like, "All right, I'll see you next week." You know what you do? Go to one of his shows. I go to his shows. I'm about to go to his show tonight. Yeah, like, then, I go uh, to his shows. Uh, 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 just heckle him from the crowd. <laughs> I, I love you, dude. <laughs> You're uh, my best friend. That's also, my co-host. Uh, why, why do white guys also uh, call their friends by their last name? What's that about? I don't know. I it's don't like do Pulsello. that. that- I, it's like that, that holds you back too. Yeah, I don't do that. I actually have uh, a friend, like one of my best friends. Yeah. His girlfriend calls him by his last name. Oh, dude, I want to. Dude, I don't. I don't understand <laughs> how. Like, I was like, dude, how's it not bother you? Goes, I don't know. It's just that's what people no, call no, me. It's no, like, no, no. no, dude, bro, no, that's yeah, disrespectful. You, you gotta, <laughs> yeah, your bro, you call him by. His, I don't yes. think it's just nine Dylans, bro. It's fucking his. He's I always call people by their first name. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, I'm telling you, you're fucking white, but you're like elevated, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm woke as fuck. You're I should white, move to Brooklyn. You're like, you're like white, but white too. Ooh. You're like white too. I'm telling you. Ooh. I, I've I, evolved. You're a Pokemon. You got a rare candy. You're a white guy with a rare candy. Um. I, I'd say the only way to do it is to hang out with the person. Dan is a motherfucking comic, right? So comics are busy. Right, they yeah, always, he's, he's busy and he's always like, yeah, he's yeah. got a lot of shit going he's on. He's a fucker so. too, probably. I mean, he seems like a guy who fucks. So 
Maybe you gotta like just slip on before he fucks. Maybe. You know, and just like switch it like a diamond in a <laughs> heist film. Instead of the girl, you're like, hey, it's me. You know, I don't know. Um, you just gotta hang out with them, bro. Hang. It's all about the hang. It's all about chilling with them and then like showing the love. The love has to be. I think most people in New York are not givers, they're takers. They like acquiring things. Be a giver. Be a giver. Dan, my, I love the guy. Not sure if he's a, he's a giver. He, he could be a guy who's more closed off to just the art of giving. But you, I, 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 I got a vibe with you. I, 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 you're a giver. You are. Give more. I'll give even more. Go give more. Don't, I love don't, you, Dan. Don't, don't be... You're my best friend. <laughs> I love you, Dan. Love you. <laughs> you're my, you're ah, my best friend. Fuck you. First of all, fuck you, Dan, for not being here. What the, what the, here. We'll have to we'll have to reschedule. We'll have to we'll have to, we'll have to do a round two with you right, or something. Right. Yeah, uh, we we'll just shit on Dan. Yeah, Dan, what a bitch. Hey, we, we don't give him a mic. We'll just have him sit there and be like, all right, we're just gonna roast you for an hour. We're gonna give him like we're gonna take his. We're gonna give him the chain. The chain. It's so fucking unreal. That's all right. So Actually, um, do you have any, what you're gonna say? Oh, well, the one last thing was um uh yeah just keep giving to Dan that right. that that yeah you you have to he's, he's a carapace you know you have to, sometimes the carapace you gotta keep on hitting. All right. Uh, last thing, and I probably should have better prepared you before you came on. So usually I ask people for music recommendations right, yeah. at the end of the podcast. So it could be an artist, album, song. Give the people something that they you think they might not have heard, but you think is fire. Could be anything. Fucking Denzel Curry. Oh, you're speaking my language. He is such a fucking killer. He is so skilled, so young. He's gonna fucking blow up. We'll listen to all his albums. He had, a, he, had, he had a new one called Zoo that just came out. He has a one that he did a year before. The Black Balloons one is my favorite Black that he's Balloon, done. Black Balloon, Taboo. Great. Bro, he's the man. Yeah. I already know you like him. Yeah. He's just skillful, bro. He's skillful, but he's got the beats, he's got the music. Like, Eminem used to be my favorite fucking rapper for like my whole all my life. His musicality has decreased. Now his music is, is not as good. Right. These guys learn from Eminem, Kendrick, your JID, your fucking, you know, your, uh, your Denzel Curry, and they are bringing that musicality back into it. So it's like all this lyrical shit that's got these great beats. Huge fan. Yeah, Denzel Curry is underrated. Did you ever see his, uh, he did a cover of Bulls on Parade? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's one of the, if, Darn, no, one, if bro, no one's seen that, yeah, you should watch that because that's one of the, the like coolest videos I've seen was so him good. doing Bulls on Parade. Doing, yeah. doing like the covers of metal songs and shit. Yeah. Oh, done, bro. He's yeah. so good. Yeah, he's great. He's got that energy, bro. He's got that, uh, the, he's a black years old, you know? So, uh, <laughs> he's got that black years old energy. Those goddamn white year olds, man. Don't think I forgot. <laughs> All right. It's so genius. I love it. All right. Usama, thank you for joining me. I'm sorry that I made you stand at my door for however no, no, long no, no, you bro. were standing there yeah, bro, I'm glad <laughs> while I, I ran you. home sweaty. I'm glad I met you. Yes. And also, fuck Dan. And fuck Dan. But I love you. You're my best friend. <laughs> love it.